Coming live from New York, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Elias Illusion Empire uh, from the USA, and he's a podcaster, history buff, researcher, and an analyst with a special interest in politics. Welcome to the show, Elias. Thank you so much, AJ. This is a very special time. Of course, New Year, so that makes it even better. I'm sure it wasn't intended this way, but it's even more beautiful that it happened this way. Yes, it can cannot be a better way to, you know, welcome the New Year with a, with a guest like you, and it will be fun. So a very happy New Year to you and your family, and also to each one of the wonderful audience that we have. So thank you very much for joining us. And thank you very much, Elias, for joining us. A very happy new year to you. Yeah, let me just say happy new year to America, India, and the rest of the world. Rather you celebrate it than that, well, just celebrate. Just celebrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so it's a happy new year for all of us. And so we, we'll try and find out what whether it will be a happy year in terms of uh, politics, in terms of technology, and also in ter terms of several things that binds them together, that is the economy. And we'll see whether it will be great for the economy as well. So first, you know, Elias, just to understand, you know, you have a lot of interest in history. And when you have history, interest in history, it automatically translates to politics. So can you help us understand uh, why, why so much of interest in history and politics? Well, the reason why I have so much um, interest, um, you know, history, politics, they go, it's good, like twin brothers even in some degree, even though they have different personalities or whatever, you could, you could describe them like that. Um, the reason why I have so much interest in this, because I think, I personally think a good chunk of American population are very ignorant and careless to these um, subjects. And we need to be well informed because you could check on social media, you could just to put it very nicely, you can hear such careless comments and opinions that it could be easily debunked with basic facts. You know, and it's just, and we need to have a better, much better conversation. Um, and it's going to be going on a, a little bit of a tangent for a little bit, but my personal interest is just, it's just for the fact that I just think a lot of society is. Pretty ignorant. Not to say not all everybody's ignorant, but there is a good chunk of the segment population, especially some of the younger ones, that are not very um, aware of what's going on. And to put it nicely, um, ignorant. So my podcast is to give it, teach it, and make it more accessible for me to learn. And I'm trying to represent the majority of Americans who I believe are shadow centrists. So you're you're you already heard my political orientation. I'm more. I'm definitely. I identify myself as an independent centrist. That's where my political wing is because I think both sides of the aisle are quite crazy, uh, in, my, in my opinion. I think, you know, left wing got some valid points on, on some of the ideology and, some, and the right wing um, as well. Um, but I just think we need to have a conversation to come up with the best way for America to move forward, create intentional policies that could benefit the majority of um, Americans. So that's so that's just I mean in a nutshell, and I always and then just to 
shamelessly plug in my podcast a little bit. I always dive into that in the very first second. That's the first thing I go into. That's the first thing I go into it. And it could be various political events. It could be from very local, which I don't blame um, the foreign listener to ignore because it mostly doesn't apply to them. You know, so I, I'll, right, yeah, but if, it, if I'm talking about, of course, the president, Congress, yeah, that one will have some impact, you know, for, for the world. Yeah, so that one, I try to focus on that because I do get a good amount of listeners from India and Brazil. Those are two foreign countries that listen to me the most. And I actually appreciate that because this means, you know, we have foreigners that care. And um, I try to invite people that have different because. I may know a lot, but I don't know everything. If a person thinks they know everything, they're the biggest fool. Okay, they are big fools. They're just admitting it without realizing it that they're fools. And I don't dare to say, "Oh, I know everything." That's why I, I try to invite different people, different backgrounds, as so I have a conversation. I may not agree with them everything, but the main point is, is I represent as much perspectives, even political, even try to um, be representative for political spectrums that America um, has. Sadly, my podcast has to lean a little to the right. I don't want to become the next Fox, Newsmax, or any of them. No, I want to be the most centrist, the most. And it's a good thing that my guest lineup for 2023, which I was going to touch just a very little bit or a little more left leaning, and they can provide interesting um, perspectives. So that part is good. And I do invite, and I do invite people to come on. So, you know, left wing, left wing, right winger, centrist. Even on third party people that most people never heard of, like the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, um, the Working Families Party, come on to represent their point of view because it, it could spread, you know. And I don't think they they being they being very very they don't get enough representation, I believe. Right, right, Elias. And you know, you just named a couple of parties: Green Party, and obviously we have the two Republican and Democrat parties now. You know, you also talk about try to understand, help people understand about the two-party system dysfunctionality. Uh, sometimes, you know, as a as a individual, as a as a somebody who has studied political science, and being from India, the world's uh, largest democracy and the biggest democracy, then we we are talking about from two different parts of the world now. In a country like the U.S., the world's you know largest democracy in that sense and or biggest democracy if you want to say it then they have only this two-party system uh it is a bit difficult for a person from india like me where we have many parties and in spite of all the problems that we may have uh we have many parties here not just uh you know in the central, every, a lot of parties keep on trying to be national parties, but a lot of parties participate. And in regional level, we have many parties and regional parties. They exist and exist very strongly. Many regional parties have their re- governments. Many regional parties formed a coalition government for a good degree of, uh, you know, two to, two to three decades at the center. And even right now, it is about coalition government, even though the uh, BJP ha- is in power, it is still a part of the National Democratic Alliance. So what I mean to say is or ask is that why is it that in the U.S., which is which has been, demo- you know, part of this democratic process since a long, long time now, they only have two 
major political parties. How has it worked that way? Is it the democracy should work in a country like US? And is it working? You call it, it's, it's almost dysfunctional. Can you tell us, help us understand uh, for people who are outside the US, uh, how do they take it? Is it the way to move forward in 2023 and beyond? I would like to say no, but unfortunately I am a realist. I don't like to be too positive or too negative about things. I like to be as objective or as real, realistic um, as possible. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to change in a long time. It's been like that since essentially day one in America. It's always been that way, even with major political shifts happening. For some reason, only two parties merge up because they're the ones that have the, the party bosses and all that. You're talking about region. I mean, Republican, Democrat, they could be regional, local. I mean, they're just very, very strong parties, both of them. You know, if you want to say which one's better, of course, you're going to get different answers. Democrats are going to say their party's better, and Republicans, vice versa. A Green Party, you know, it goes, yeah, they're going to say, oh, yeah, our, our party's better. Um, and then they got silly parties like the rent is too damn high party, which is exclusively a New York a New York party because it's super expensive, uh, which a lot of people don't know. Um, but you know, there's a political party just based on that, which is just silly and is not going to go anywhere. The reason why I bring these parties up because they don't get anywhere because two of these parties are so entrenched. They have so much money and power that they have. You know, this is a really the only time that those two parties will unite is to take down the third party. So they're like the two alpha males or females, whatever you want to call it. You know, just duking it out. By the time the little person comes, they they, they whack them out. Or no, if you're gonna be on my side, you gotta support me. Like libertarians don't be side with Republicans, working families don't be side with Democrats, and Green Party side with Democrats if they feel like they're environmentally um, friendly enough in their policies or in their agenda. So that's what they that's what they do. That's what they do. With the, the small third parties they normally back it. So you know, is it like as open with these multiple coalitions uniting for this, for this, um for the nominee or the agenda. Yeah, but hap- unfortunately, they're at the back seat. They're not at the forefront, like Republicans and Democrats or a couple of independents here and there. And so that's the only way it's different. So do do they do they coalesce? Um, yeah, but it's more behind the scenes, unfortunately. They're not as open about it as European nations and India as well, even though I haven't fully grasped all the part, all the various parties that are there. Um, so that, that's the only difference. It's just really the Democrats and Republicans are at the forefront. So where where is the democracy part in between? Does do people really have a choice, or is it is it just a choice between you know America is a land hmm. of choices. Hmm. Everybody has so much of choice in every sphere of life, but not in the political process or political in terms of the number type of parties you would like to have. You have just got two. If it works, where is the democracy part in it? Why I mean to say is is ask is this, uh, Mm. this whole world looks up to America for a lot of things. US has a huge influence in so many aspects onto the world. And when the US says that, listen, the China China has only a one party system, then the Chinese can say, you've got only two party system. So how does it is almost like, you know, somebody, a duopoly telling somebody about monopoly. Where, where, where is the free market here? Where is the free choice in terms of 
democracy here. I'm just asking. I know it's very democratic, but mm-hmm. in terms of people, for which it is, you know, for the people, by the people, of the people, where is that in between? Asking you so that you are a, you know about politics. You understand it. You discuss it. You have a podcast, Politically High Tech. How do you see it? What is your understanding? What should I understand as a person who is far away from that, but looking up to the U.S. to understand things better? You have got an election coming on in some time from now. Oh, yeah, no, 2023 is going to be not as politically active as charged as the midterms. The midterms was very chaotic and all that. And I don't want to get into it unless unless you want to dive deep, and then that will be all different. Um, unfortunately, when it comes to choice, let's just be very clear. It is on the ballot. It's just that a lot of people just feel, eh, we kind of like safe better as it comes to politics. I'd rather give the Republican or Democrat a chance. I don't want to vote for this libertarian or green party they might do crazy things they might they might expose this functionality of this uh, process so sadly when it comes to political parties it is not as free as we would um like it i mean me personally it's definitely not as free as we would like it i already gave you a couple examples of third parties some of them are silly like the red is too damn high party they just they just target the high red of new new york um city which is very regional very local so, but that's a party that exists. Um, so, and and every once in a while, once the every once in a blue moon, the media gives them coverage, and the media plays a big role in that too. Because they only give coverage to Democrats and Republicans. If a third party person is getting coverage, it's because they did something foolish. They said something very foolish. That's the only time, also time that the third party candidate or independent will get um coverage when they say something foolish. So the media plays a big role of making sure that it is two parties. You can say Fox favors Republicans in general and NBC favors Democrats in general, not all the time, but generally speaking, you know, they, they have their biases. So the media plays a big role of helping that as well. A lot of people, they don't feel comfortable because we've been used to the two party system for such a long time. It's that political habit of America, unfortunately. And I think we need to break that up because two parties do not represent um, all points of view, and there's so many people who are independents like myself who are frustrated. There's things I agree with Republicans in, there, there, there are things I agree with Democrats in, but there's sometimes there's just point their points of view don't represent um, a lot of Americans that don't vote because it's that oh, what's the point of voting? They represent me, you know. I could be a person who supports um, weed, um, legalization of. We, but yet I also support my gun rights. You know, it could be voters like that, very hybrid. Like myself, I consider myself a very hybrid voter. That's why the podcast color is purple. You know, red and blue makes purple. You know, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I just know that enough for art class. Thank you, art. Thank you, um, elementary school art class for that. When I was just mixing colors just for the heck of it as a kid. So it makes purple. So that's why it's color purple. And that one's intentional. Is that because I like purple? Purple is a beautiful color. I like purple, but it was bully. It was just to be intentional that um we gotta mix and mash as much as possible. And so first, it's red, blue are the dominant ones. Blue for Democrats, red for Republicans. It makes um purple. 
Will it change the logo? Once we start seeing more parties, more parties come in, yeah, it might be a messier, messier logo. Once we start seeing libertarians, Green Party, those are only serious third parties that might have a shot at getting in, maybe one or two candidates um in there. I hope um in the future, but um it's not looking very very likely right now. Let's just I'm just being honest, you know, and it, it's it's just not gonna happen anytime soon, at least. Unless the only way it's going to change is that one party, one of these two parties have to decline significantly. Then another second party is going to come up. I mean, Republican Party was a third party at one point. It was a Whig and the Democrats. The Whigs fell apart. Republicans, you know, they took that. They took that empty slot and they've been clinging on to it um, ever since, you know, a little up before um, Civil War. So that's the only way it's going to change, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Now, in terms of, you know, uh, when there is a two-party system and it's a democratic system, the thing that happens is that a lot of discussions that happen, and especially when you are moving towards a new, you know, election. And, you know, at that point in time, a lot of voices keep on coming. And when it's a two-party system, uh, when there is a lot of money involved, sponsorships, advertisement, and all that stuff is involved, or ownership of media is involved. In this coming days, what way should the global population or people who are looking at the U.S. should be ready for what sort of, uh, say, news, what sort of, uh, as a consumer, what sort of uh, social media uh barrage of say uh, content that will be coming in what should we be prepared for how do you see it what do you expect because all these elections in the last couple of them they have not been without controversy either you can say fake news control news and you know all those people so all those allegations kept on coming. Whatever is true, God knows. You may know. But how do we understand? What do we expect? Because this globally, it's the same social media. So we will continue to consume whatever is thrown at us. How do we, uh, you know, how do we consume that? And that is where the technology part comes in. Is it that technology stands alone, away from politics? Or is it that technology is now playing, you know, hand in hand with politics and especially people who are controlling politics or have a lot of money power? That is where my technology uh, part comes in to understand how do a common man, where do a common man exist within this sort of a backdrop? Well, I think to start off, um, social media... The way I describe it, it's a double-edged sword. It's so good because you get information quick. Bad news is, is that information accurate or you're the source of misinformation, disinformation, right? Um, social media, and you know, you already said there's a lot of controversies. Um, I know a couple of them to be true. A recent one, uh, a Republican congressman who represents Long Island, parts of Queens, George Santos. A lot of news about this guy. Um, he has lied so much. I mean, he has embellished the resume. I mean, almost his entire life is a lie. And this, I mean, that is extremely controversial. And he won the election. 
Yeah, he won the election, and I don't want to get too deep into it unless you want to have a follow-up. I'm open to it. Um, he, this one is an obvious lie. I mean, this whole resume is filled with misinformation. This whole thing that, oh, I went to Baruch, I went to NYU, lies. Oh, I was educated as a kid in um, Harris Man School, lie. I don't even know George Santos is his name. I'm not even sure he's even a man at this point. I mean, he's lied so much, and some Republicans have called them to step down, even though that's not been reported as much. I mean, I mean, this is one of the few times I don't mind the Democrats or Republicans uniting just to get just to get him to step down. I mean, that that's just that's such a disgrace to the um, American democracy, and this is just leading to lowering trust, and trust is very important to Democratic institutions. Um, there's some polls saying that um, some Democrat um, institution trust has declined, and that's not good. That is a serious red flag, and it's more than one source saying that. And the only way to combat that is do your research, and sometimes you got to challenge what information you receive. Is this the truth? How can I dig deeper? Well, I'm going to plug in my podcast again. You can listen to that, and if I make a mistake, and I have, I will correct it as soon as possible. I don't mind people calling me out. Um, I have I'm pretty resilient when it comes to feedback. Um, you know, as long as you're not just you know wishing me you know all kinds of bad stuff. It's okay. You have a nice life. I'll just ignore you. But if you have feedback that that is relevant, it makes sense, and I'm willing to um listen because even I'm gonna get it wrong all my times. And when I know I got it, the next episode I'm gonna send a correction. About that, so because uh, I try to vet and try my darnness, and this is why I'm a researcher too, because I want to make sure the information I'm having is correct. But since we're human, we are prone to error. We're just prone to error, and once we realize it, we gotta correct it as soon as possible. Treat it somewhat like an emergency situation. So, oh, I got that wrong, so I gotta make sure I add that correction in. Um, and, and I think I got it wrong um, a few times, and I'm pretty transparent um, about transparency. Being open is one way to combat the craziest because social media is a great source of misinformation. Um, you know, and you know, I don't recommend listening to social media when it comes to getting news. And sadly, more people are consuming news more than ever. While I like them to be separated, yes, but fortunately, they are more intermingled than ever. Let's be very clear on that. They are. Really, 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 really intermingle, and sometimes it's very, it's very messy. They spread information, you know. They, you know, like for example, if it's a left leaning person, we'll just spread misinformation about a right wing candidate, and vice versa. Just uh, you know, just uh, just just for clicks and baits, and try to rally up their tribe, just a just a overcome and take over the other tribe. I'm sort of speak. Um, that that's what they do on on. That's what you do, unfortunately, and you know, and unfortunately, social media is going to keep reporting on on the politics. We can't stop that. But um, I have a very spicy take on TikTok. I believe it should be banned entirely. I don't care if I piss off a lot because a lot of Americans love TikTok. I think they're fools for using it. Um, I have a very strong opinion on that. And I even said in my podcast multiple times: stop. Stop going to TikTok. If you want to continue to go to TikTok, you're I'm gonna be honest, you're you're foolish. Don't don't if you're gonna if you're gonna watch dances, fine. But TikTok has been uh has been proven many times to be a great source of misinformation. 
Not to say that, not to say that Facebook and Twitter's off the hook too, because they got their <laughs> problems as well. Which I had a feeling it was gonna get to the end. Instagram and all of that, they all have their, they all have their own agendas. What they want to promote, it's all, it's all for clicks and baits. It's not about telling the truth. That's what, that's what drives up the revenue. So, it's, so it's a very economic, um, oriented motivation for that. So you know, if they were about telling the truth, I think social media would not be as popular. But you want to hear spicy, controversial takes? I get a lot of clicks. Oh, yeah, a lot of people go to that. So, what what is the problem with TikTok? Means is there a is there some a data security problem or what? I think they 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 moved some 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 something in terms of some legal sort of a thing has happened that they are looking towards banning. Has it happened or has it not as a, as yet? They only ban it for government employees in America. And okay, to me, yeah. that's not that is not enough. I will want, and we should follow India's direction. Sometimes we cannot be the leaders of everything. I think India made the right decision by banning TikTok. We should do the same. You, you, exact I, I was thing. about to talk about that. We did that. It's around two to two three years till now. We don't have access to TikTok. Yeah, I, that's a very smart decision. <laughs> Applaud the Indian government for that. And this is not to kiss, but it's the right it's the right position, in my opinion. Normally, I'm not against banning, but it has security risk. And, you know, freedom comes with responsibility. We need to be responsible, and that's the big message I give to America. We need to be responsible for our freedom, because if we don't, we're going to lose it. And there's already stuff going on with that. And TikTok's been, they say that, oh, we're protecting it, protecting it, protecting it. But I know that's such but, lies. Elias, why is it so late in the day? Uh, that the U.S. government has realized that TikTok, whether it is true or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You've got CIA to tell you that. But, right. you know, how did it happen that it took so much of time to even realize with so much of technology available to you guys is mm-hmm. that TikTok uh, needs to be, you know, uh, not not to be used by uh, by the U.S. government or maybe the U.S. population that we don't know. But why did it take so long? Oh, simple. It wasn't the top priority. And then for those who were debating it, they would say, oh, security versus freedom. That's always been a big... Okay. Do we want more security or we want more freedom of choice? Right? That's something that America... That's within the core DNA of America. You already said about freedom of choices with political parties, even though I already said it's pretty limited. But this is the debate that this this is the big 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 thing that um that American government had to um struggle with. Do we want to emphasize more free or choice or more security? As of now, the gov- only the uh, citizens have the uh, have more choices in terms of social media, and government employees do not. They can't. Yeah, when, when it comes to TikTok, especially, yes, that's 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 right. correct. And now, to me, that. Let's move towards, you know, with, uh, with when we are talking about social media, is the amount of fake news that is there on the social media. In 2023, uh, we are moving towards more technology, better technology with the coming in of AI and Web3 and all that stuff. Do you think in 2023, AI will curtail fake news? Or is it that too much of Happenings on the political side in the U.S. that will lead to more generation of fake news, and technology will be the carrier of that that particular trend. Or is it that 
it will curtail it. How does it work? Do you how do you look at it in terms of the trend that you see sitting where you are at? You know, that is an excellent question, actually, because I will start with this. It depends who has the AI, right? That's that's the way I see it. who is controlling the AI. If someone is nefarious, oh, forget it. Fake news is going to be on steroids. It's going to skyrocket it. And the worst part is it's going to be believable. It's going to, and that's when, oh, you can't tell the difference between reality and illusion. They, it, the, the craftiness of the ads can be so advanced. I'll give it a couple of, I'll, if I'm going to be optimistic, I'll give it a couple of years before we go there. But, um, you know, technology moves so quick. You know, whatever I talked about last week could be even obsolete. And so if it's if it lands in more responsible hands, and then it could curtail it. And it has to be not just one person, because even one person has their own bias. No matter how much good intent they got, they got it has to be uh, a council or something of the best, the brightest, and, of course, representing multiple point of views. Because no matter how smart you are, you're always going to have blind spots or shortcomings when it comes to your analysis opinions when I of course including myself as well because that's why I love having guests oh I didn't think of it that way that's something to think about you know that little that little light bulb moment but it's not about me it's about the AI and it depends who's controlling which you ain't gonna find out for a while um and if it lands on nefarious hands make sure no politician touch that because they are gonna program it make it seem like they're saints or something and well you know, I would prefer them to lie like that because I know that's crap. A lot of politicians got their own dirt, both Democrats and Republicans and even independents. So AI, it depends on how it's how it's executed as well, um, what algorithms is placed into it because there's been proven that algorithms can be very biased, especially who's um, running it. Uh, I mean, Elon Musk so far, he's running a more centrist I say more centrist Twitter as opposed to the previous CEOs and owners. Some people gave even debate that was more leftist authoritarian um, Twitter to some extent. To some extent, it's not as it's a little hyperbolic, but there there are cases um, for it. But you know, it depends who's owning it, and it has to be a group of people, a group of people, and make sure that all points of views. That's the only way. That's the best way I could think of right now to curtail fake news, misinformation, disinformation. Because if we have more fake news, democracy, democracy, integrity, and trust is definitely going to die. It's going to die. And I don't want that to um, happen. And the Web3, I have a simple answer for that with the whole cryptocurrency scandal, which I'm happy actually happened. Um, I'm not a big fan of cryptocurrency. I am not that much of a big fan of Web three so far i mean i could eventually become a fan i'm a, I'm a proud skeptic um i haven't had yet to um two guests on who are pro web three i said but what about the regulations you know and this is me i'm normally about freedom of speech and market but sometimes we need regulations because if we're not responsible for our freedom chaotic things are going to happen i mean he stole billions of dollars this guy here sam uh, Bankman, um, Freed Bankman, whatever his name is, uh, SBF, Sam Bank, Bank Freeman, wherever the hell his name is. <laughs> I don't know. He, he's a crook, in my opinion. 
Um, well, actually, it's a fact he is a crook because um, he stole money. He he used it. He used it to enrich himself and had a lavish um, lifestyle. And a lot of people promoted him as if he was a very charitable, generous billionaire. Uh, me, I don't trust that. And that's the thing with people. When you hear something, take it with a grain of salt. Do additional research. If you cannot, talk to someone who knows, who could do the research for you. Because a lot of people say, oh, I'm busy and all that. Talk to someone you know who does that. They could give you the most digestible, accessible way to uh, consume that information. You know, you know, because computers are not going to always help you. Computers are going to go by what you input or, or how, you know, or what links you click, you know, but... We have to do our due diligence, you know. We have become too reliant on technology, and I think crit- human critical thinking and good judgment is declining, in my opinion. I mean, there could be some good debate against that, um, especially those who use computers much. But that's what that's what I see with this whole Web three thing. I think more regulation it needs to be polished and more developed before I could trust it. Can it win me over? Yes, but uh, more regulation needs to be done because it's been. It's been filled with scam all over the place. Scam is just went through the roof. Stealing IPs and all these stupid little art, the apes, the monkeys, the graffiti, and all, all, all of that. So a lot of them has been a scam. And I've been bombarded with that with Instagram. Oh, do this. You could earn $5,000. You know, anything that sounds too good to be true it normally is too good to be true. So one just has to pay attention and for... And talk to someone that you know that you could trust about navigating these situations. I'm sure someone knows someone who is very knowledgeable, who has great expertise in how to navigate or give advice about how you navigate through the Web3 and cryptocurrency. I'm not entirely against it, but it definitely needs to be polished. Right. But where do people go and take, you know, consume news from? The Even the mainstream media, they have become quite, you know, uh, they have taken sides. Many of them right. take sides. And it is very difficult to know uh, uh, both sides of the story in all the stories that you read. A lot of things become one-sided. Now, that's the way the market is. A lot of uh, media houses are not in great shape. And then you need those that money from big business houses, even political parties, especially when they spend so much of money during elections. So one is that uh, political parties will have their own agenda and they will keep on pushing whatever they have to so that they win the next election. Second thing is the media from where you can consume news. But media has its own, as you say, as we can say, taking sides. Then where does a common person go and get his or her news from? What are the independent places? Then there is something called left podcasting. Is podcasting the answer? Uh, is will it be the answer in 2023 when independent podcasters who are much more looking towards you know not from an advertiser's point of view but purely from a subscriber's point of view from a pure uh, pure follower or fan polling point of view when they will be talking about the real stuff the true stuff how do you see this trend in the coming days is that the only solace left for a common man no, I won't. I won't say that. But podcasting will be a good source, um, for sure, because you will have an idea where they stand on the issue. They're more, like you said, they're definitely more honest. Uh, but podcasting, let's just be very clear. I'm a podcaster myself. I can say I'm attacking the podcast industry, but it, they're imperfect because they got their own biases as well. There's the problem you said about the mainstream. It, it could also be applied to podcasts as well. I mean, 
even me, I have my own biases. When it comes to less tax, I will agree with Republicans more, even though I get both sides of the aisle. And and one has, I mean, me, the way I will tackle it is make sure the podcast is doing their job to break down, give the facts what's going on, and then give give um two sides of the aisle. I mean, have I always done that? Um, well, no, and that's why I ask for um feedback, especially if you provide a specific example about where I could um improve it. But the interaction with the podcast is they'll be more receptive to improving, so that's the plus side of it. Unlike the mainstream media, so, eh, eh, there's a couple of viewers. Who cares? They're getting money for somewhere else, so they could just they they could just um ignore that. I mean, they don't do that openly, but if you know that you're talking and it feels like you're talking to a wall, or your your concerns just fell on deaf ears, well, you'll find out. Time will um will definitely expose that. So, I mean, podcast is a good way to go. I, there's one podcast I will really recommend. And I, I, I don't know if I consider uh, an, a potential ally or potential competitor. It depends on depends how it goes. Even I can't predict that. Left, right, and center. Very good podcast that gives you the left wing, the right wing perspective, and the pretty objective centrist point of view about what's going on on the big issues. That's one way to combat that. And they do their due, due diligence, make sure that they're not they're not spreading far left, far right talking points. So that's a very good podcast I recommend listening to because even something like Political Gap Fest, which I listen to, I like, but they do have a left wing slant on the issues because they're always more critical of Republicans and Democrats. They criticize, they criticize Democrats as well, but I could tell that they favor Democrats. And one and a couple two two out of three, I could tell that they're um, open liberal one was more i think john dickerson to me he's the best one in there i think he's i i will say he's pretty centrist and he's more objective than the other two hosts the other two hosts they favor um the left in general so um it, so left right and center is a good one to go and i even have sources too. the new paper is a source they could go to i mean i even subscribe to these things so make sure that they do what they deliver as well i mean it's tough to find more accurate information let's just be clear about that but if you really do do jello due diligence this is my um this is my podcast this is a left right and center they you know they they bring multiple point of views and the podcasts that bring multiple point of views and try to be objective is the way to go so that's the clearest um answer that i could answer your question and the left and also there's another one that i subscribe to the morning brew is pretty subjective. That's just like a bite-sized news, very quick. So don't say, "Oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy." Morning brew is very good. It takes you an average three minutes to consume the whole thing, and that's just you reading it slowly. But if you want to be real quick, probably thirty seconds to a minute. That's like, oh, this is what's going on. It's give you boring, plain facts, very direct, very concise. Um, those are the sources I would recommend. Because, you know, um, like, you know, like I said before, mainstream media got there. You even said it very clearly that mainstream media got their own side, their own agenda um, as well. So these are sources that are straight to the point. You're not going to get a left wing flavor or right wing flavor of, of, the, of the news. So I would say I, I would, you know, I have confidence in, on these resources. And they haven't failed. They haven't disappointed me yet. I've been subscribed to them for at least for a year now. Right. And what about your your own podcast, Politically 
high tech how should uh, how can people you know access that what can they expect in that podcast and you know how people can connect with you how is it that works well i have my facebook um and twitter and i want to make sure i'm giving the right information here sorry for being a little on um, disorganized here um let's see how how can i well twitter right yeah no go ahead i i'll include it all the all the details also on the youtube description so that you know people can access it from yeah well yeah the twitter handle will be illusion um p and these are for the more auditory listeners is e l l u s i o n with a capital p and then and for facebook it's longer it's elias illusion empire the name right here just munched up together um so that's those only two i have it but i plan to expand to youtube so that's a 2023 plugin um as well I won't be surprised. I will get demonetized on some of them because I do have some hot takes. Uh, so I do. You've been warned. Sometimes I have very spicy takes on some issues, like TikTok, for example. I just gave you a sample right there. I have a very strong opinion on that it should be banned. And normally I'm not for banning, but based on security risk, I don't think it's it's worth just having it and banning it only for government employees. Do you, do you have a TikTok account? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I will watch it for my foolish friends who decided to dive in there. I have plenty of friends who love TikTok. They debate me to death on that. So the one TikTok is great, so short and quick. Oh, yeah, so short and quick. And they steal your data very quickly, too. Yeah, you didn't think about that? Yeah, just like you watch their videos very quick. And, they, and the stuff that they promote in China and United States is very, very different. Chinese is very inspirational, great culture, great content. America is people acting crazy, stealing, talking about nudity. I mean, stuff that, you know, a normal person will not take interest in and and primarily far left agenda. I mean, there's couple I'm, there's a couple of far right wingers in there, but there's definitely it's definitely been. I have found a lot more left wing. Um, maybe it, it maybe it's my bias, and the algorithm is extremely biased. If you consume that content, if you watch dancing, you're gonna get hundreds of short dancing videos. If you go to left wing content, you're gonna get a lot more left wing content. Same thing with the right wing content. So you're gonna get a lot of that. And I don't take that one. It's the biggest source of fake news. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's there. I'm sure there are good life hacks in there. And now I'm gonna praise TikTok. Now I'm gonna be a hypocrite for a second and praise TikTok. Some people have to find some life hacks really do work, and they try it out themselves. So that's one of the positives. But to me, the security risk is not worth it. And you know, YouTube and Twitter could take over that. So <laughs> they could get they could get shut down. We got the alternatives for that. So oh, but what about this? No, no, they got their short video feature too. Even though they copied it from TikTok, but you know, they, other platforms are doing that as well. Not as good, but they'll they'll get there eventually. They'll fall. Off. They'll fall. Off. I'm I'm confident on that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. So my first question was, what got interested? You got what sort of interested in history? My last question is also related to history. You are a history buff who mm-hmm. like so much to read about history. Now, in 2023, with so many things happening in politics globally, in technology, even in podcasting, 
in such a time like this, especially with regards to politics, how does a history historian or a history chronicler he put these things into words for the next generation? Because so much of it is fake. So how does he write? What does he write? How does he write for the next generation? For a person like you who might read it, say, 20 years later. How does he put things in perspective? How does he put truth in black and white for the future generation? Well, that's going to be a challenge. That'll be a challenge I'll be happy to take. And not just uh, me as a historian. I think it should be a collaborative effort with other respected historians. Because we're going to debate on facts, too. It's, oh, no, this was true. No, this is not true. So we had to come up with um, facts that, um, no, or not facts, information rather that uh, that we agree on that should be included. So I think it should be a collective um, effort. But from my point of view, um, I'll call this the wacky social media era, and just to give just to get conscious that this is going to be wacky, crazy. And I'll put a disclaimer: you might you might even detect fake news. And all, and all that. So take it with a grain um, of salt. That'll be, that'll be the, the more cynical, comedic way of taking that approach, which is very creative and pretty daring, I would say so. But but even more daring is to say, this is true, this is not, and represent multiple point of views because history has a bias as well. I know that's shocking to some people. It is normally written by winners. It's normally written by the dominant, um, the dominant party, let's just say that. Um, like Greek, like Greek history. I mean, I respect the philosophers, but they did have their their biases. You know, one was more pro-Athenian; they all was covering Sparta. I mean, even they had to go through that challenge, but they didn't have social media. Um, they had they only had their own biases, and, and they only they have their firsthand accounts. So, you know, and it's not, and uh, and we of course had to gather and collect a whole bunch of evidence and put it in a nice orderly package that could be consumable for the common person to understand what happened. And of course, sadly, we had to talk about the Trump era because sadly that is a big phenomenon. Rather you like him or not, that's not important. But the fact that he did create quite a disruption, rather you're a fan of it or not, that's irrelevant. The fact is that that happened and I think that needs to be covered. And he, so, you know, he's, He's been a one-term president, and he's planning to run again. And will he become a next Grover Cleveland? He, you know, he, if if Trump wins, which I have strong doubts, he's going to have two separate terms, like Grover Cleveland, because he was twenty-second and twenty-fourth president of the United States. He'll be forty-fifth and forty-seventh president of the United States. This is if Trump wins. So there's a so there's a precedent to that in American history. A president won two separate terms. That's if he wins. Like I said, I doubt that. Uh, but Joe Biden's not that popular either. So, you know, step taking a step back, it could be uh, it could be a toss up to some degree, especially depending how these two will be Biden. I doubt he's gonna get any. I doubt he's gonna get a significant primary. But then again, there are progressives that want to challenge him because he they think he's not doing enough. And he failed the Democrat Party. You know, it's up for grabs. Um, anything um, could happen. But all I know is that 
we America might go through another major political circus and chaos, politically speaking. But economically, America is doing better than I thought. Um, the dollar is stronger than ever. Um, even though we're in inflation, let's be clear, but um, it's been pretty tame compared to European nations. And I would say, um, correct me if I'm wrong here about India, I think their inflation is tamed as well. It's not going, um, it's not skyrocketing. I forget the exact percentage, but I know it's probably lower than 6% or something like that, which that's actually um, very, well, you know, that's very good. You know, I, you know, Europe is like 9, 12%, and poor countries forget it. It's, is as it's like 70 like 70 percent which is scary that's nearly double the price of everything very very scary so america has been doing pretty well um to a great degree economically but politically i think we're gonna deal with um some cash we're gonna gonna have a little short break but there's gonna be time when (laughs) political circus and chaos is gonna sprout is gonna sprout up um and i'll probably say out of nowhere because Meta, this is just a piece, just to put this in real quick, Meta is thinking about rather to reinstate Donald Trump since he's running campaign. And, you know, if they continue to censor him, they're gonna they're gonna expose that they pro censorship. But if they free him, well, if free his account, well, at least it gives a little more transparency, even though the Trump like chaos could spread. So it's it's a complicated. Um, the lem- is a qu- yeah, it's quite the dilemma that um, Meta is um, going through. So we'll see, we'll see. Um, but um, I definitely I won't be surprised if more political chaos will um take place. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong here. I really want to be wrong. You know, it's all oh, lies. It's crazy. It's oh, thank goodness I'm crazy. Okay, good. We have a good times. So, okay, I'll accept that I'm wrong. But yeah, that that's all I can say um for that. Oh, and one more thing I want to add for. Global politics, this is like going back to the beginning. I want to do more coverage on African nations, Latin American nations, because I've been, I realized that I am becoming like my critics, the same people I criticize. You cover too much European, China, Russia, or possibly, which they got stuff going on, but I don't include enough Latin American nations, South America, and African nations. They be, they be pushed to the side again. And um, I'm afraid I'm becoming like my fellow critics and, and I'll be a hypocrite and I've been included little by little with um, technology ironically with fintech which is which is um, challenging the economic systems in those countries they might even challenge European American um, economic systems um, indirectly so that's interesting thing many people talk about fintech but it's growing in African nations and Latin American nations which is considered to be poorer um, nations in general but it's good that new developments happen over there Right, right, Elias. And I'm sure in 2023, we are in for some very, very interesting time in terms of global politics, podcasting, and also in terms of global economy, including technology. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much for joining in. Oh, thank you so much for letting me speak. Sometimes even put up with my long-winded responses. Thank you so much. Those were great. It was great to talk to you. Thank you once again. Likewise.